Welcome to 7-Minute Torah, an exploration of the weekly Torah portion with me, Rabbi Micah Streifer. If you enjoy this podcast, please feel free to subscribe or comment or share it with a friend. We often think of the story of the Exodus and of the plagues as a kind of a fairy tale. We tell it to our children at the Seder table. We draw funny versions of the ten plagues, cute Egyptians with boils on their noses, funny frogs jumping around Pharaoh's bed. But this is actually a tragic story. It's a story where there's a lot of suffering. It's a story about the forces in the world that bring suffering upon us. And as we'll see today, it's ultimately a story about our capacity as human beings to choose our own actions. We read this week from the Parsha called Bo. It begins with the words Bo el Paro, God saying to Moses, go to Pharaoh again and ask him yet again to let the people go. Now we're in the midst of this story now. There have been seven plagues already, and we know that three more are coming. And each time Moses goes to Pharaoh, something similar happens. Pharaoh refuses to let the people go, and so Moses, via God, brings a plague on the Egyptians. So Pharaoh relents. He agrees to let the people go until his heart is hardened. And then he refuses, and the whole cycle starts over again. So in many ways, this whole story revolves around the hardening of Pharaoh's heart, which happens over and over again. That's language that may be familiar to us. We use it in English also. We talk about having a heart of coal or hardening your heart against the sufferings of others. But the Torah might mean something slightly different than what we mean. When the Torah thinks about the heart, it considers it not only the seat of emotion, but also the seat of intellect. So hardening your heart doesn't necessarily mean being emotionless or unfeeling, although it could have elements of that. It also means, and this is from Rabbi Gunther Plout, to make one's intellect resistant to change. In other words, the Torah's hardening of the heart is another way that we might say, closing your mind. So when Pharaoh hardens his heart, or when God hardens Pharaoh's heart, what's being closed off here is his willingness to learn, to recognize the needs of people who are different from him, to consider different scenarios for how people could get along, how people could work together or live together. So now we have to ask ourselves the question of what does it mean that God hardened Pharaoh's heart? As you read through the portion, you see that for the first few plagues, it says that Pharaoh hardened his own heart, or simply that Pharaoh's heart hardened. But the further along you get into the action, the more you begin to read things like God hardened Pharaoh's heart. In fact, God even begins the portion by saying to Moses, I'm going to harden the Pharaoh's heart so that all of this can play out. Now, that's pretty problematic from a theological perspective. I'm not sure I want to believe in or worship any God who would purposefully harden the heart of a leader in order to punish him and free our people. Couldn't Pharaoh have just let them go after the first couple of plagues if he wanted to? Did he need to be taught this lesson through God's hardening his heart? The Jewish traditional commentators are also challenged by this idea because they believe in free will. They believe that people have the ability to choose their own actions. So they try to explain it by saying things like, well, once you go far enough down a certain path of evil or wrongdoing, it becomes much harder to turn around and go back the other way. And maybe there's some truth to that. Maybe that is what the story of Pharaoh is trying to portray, how hard it is to change your ways once you get set in them, how that's almost like God hardening your heart for you. 
But that's actually antithetical in many ways to what Judaism teaches. After all, every high holy days, don't we gather to be reminded that repentance is always possible, that you can always change your ways, that you can always choose a better path next year than the one you chose last year. So is Pharaoh the one exception to that rule? Do the rest of us have free will, but Pharaoh didn't? I think there's another way to read the story, and that it's much more about people than it is about God. Let's imagine for a moment that God is not a person, not a character in the story, even though I know that's the way the story portrays it. Instead, imagine that God is something incorporeal, a power, a process, a presence in the universe that we experience, but that doesn't necessarily actively act upon us. That is, in fact, how many of us think about God, not as a character with a personality, but as a source of guidance or support as we make our way through life. And if that's the case, then it means something different for God to have hardened Pharaoh's heart. It means that there are forces in this universe, that there are experiences or influences, things that happen to us that cause our hearts to be hardened, that narrow our view, that close our minds. Things like fear or trauma or hatred or anxiety, fear of the other, fear of people who are different from us, fear of the unknown, fear of things being different than they are right now. That's what the Pharaoh and the Egyptians are experiencing in this Torah portion. They're afraid of this people who are other, who are different. They're afraid of what they might do to their society. And then they're afraid of letting them go, of what the world would be like if the slaves left, if society were to have to change. We experience a version of that every day of our lives. How often have you been afraid of a new idea or a scenario or someone or something that was different or unfamiliar? How often have your actions been driven by that fear? Sometimes we have the wherewithal to see past those narrow places and to open up our own minds, to see the opportunities rather than the threats. And sometimes we don't. Sometimes we are closed-minded fools like Pharaoh in this Torah portion. Sometimes we harden our hearts to our own detriment and to the detriment of society. That's how societies become divided. It's how racial and ethnic tensions are fomented. It's how walls and fences get built instead of bridges. And on a much smaller scale, it's what holds us back from achieving what we're capable of, both as individuals and as communities, when we're more worried about what might be than we are willing to see what could be. I was impressed this week that President Biden seemed to understand that message. Now, I don't know if he purposefully quoted this week's Torah portion, but I did hear him say these words. He said, we must end this uncivil war that pits red against blue, rural versus urban, conservative versus liberal. We can do this if we open our souls instead of hardening our hearts. There's no question that American society needs a little more soul opening and a little less heart hardening right now. But that's true, actually, in every society, in every moment, and on every level. One of the lessons that we can glean from this Torah portion is, in fact, a warning about allowing fear and hatred to cloud our vision, to close our minds, to harden our hearts. We all do it, and mostly we end up like Pharaoh, drowning in a sea of suffering that is of our own making. Instead, the Torah says, we can soften our hearts, we can open our minds, 
and recognize that we human beings actually benefit from contact with people who are different, with ideas that push us out of our comfort zones. We are at our best when we recognize our differences and work together to create a vision of what could be. So maybe it's worthwhile this week to think about in what ways have you hardened your heart? To what has your mind been closed? What have you been afraid of or avoiding or stonewalling? Would have saved Pharaoh a whole lot of trouble if he had asked himself those questions. Because it's actually in those moments that we're able to learn and grow. That we're able to become better versions of ourselves and to make the world around us a little bit better. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to 7-Minute Torah. If you enjoyed this program, please leave a review or a comment. And please pass it on to a friend. You can also subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Have a great week.